Welcome to Crypto Talk Radio, the podcast for everyday investors like you. Visit us on the web at CryptoTalkRadio.net. And now, here's your host, Leister. Thank you for that, Bailey, and welcome everybody out there in Crypto Talk Radio found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. First off, a very happy Thanksgiving for those that celebrate such a holiday. My name is Leister. I'm your host here at CryptoTalkRadio.net and... There will be a new domain, so that jingle is going to change, but I just want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving up front. Stuff's happening in cryptocurrency. Some of it's good, some of it's not. I'm going to chat about as much as I think is relevant right now. So I think this episode will be a little bit slimmer. I actually did a secondary episode around SHIB specifically. Separately, it's a video only. It will not be chatted about here. If you'd like to get insight on what that's doing you go to cryptotalkradio.net at the top hit leister live and it's the most late most recent video that's there it's also a transcript if you don't have the time quick personal update on my personal my voice may sound a little bit off that's because i'm dealing with the minor mouth issue that's passing but it's still there so i apologize in advance for that second i've been working hot and heavy we've got domain changes happening the radio, it's sites being built. Uh, that's taking longer than I expected, but it's, I think it'll be good when it's done. And then most importantly, starting in December, Crypto Talk Radio episodes. So as I record the podcast every Tuesday and Thursday, episodes will be released through the radio and syndication for that week. So basically what that means is that if you listen to the radio side, you'll be able to hear podcast episode live. If you have TuneIn on air on your car or if you have the TuneIn app on your mobile device, you can listen to our radio program, Cool Tunes Radio. It's on X at Cool Tunes Radio if you want to follow there. If you'd like to listen live, it's at ctronair.net slash radio. Take it straight there for now. It's going to get its own, like I said, site, but for right now, that's where it's living. And our podcast episodes will be syndicated there, so they'll be played throughout the week until the following new episode, starting in December. So check that out. I do, um, I think highly of that one. That's going to be pretty cool. Let's get into cryptocurrency. And again, this probably won't take too long to crash course through this. Starting with Coindesk.com. I zoom out to the month chart and the dip, the crash down has passed. So we're now on somewhat of a recovery. I wouldn't call it a great recovery, but somewhat of a recovery. Holding steady, a low of 2040, a high of 2088, very middling, but still over that 2000 mark, which seems to indicate stability. Bitcoin didn't have as much of a drop as Ethereum did recently, a low of 36.9, high of 37.6, hovering currently at 37.3. But Bitcoin had some, it had dips, but it recovered from a point more, I think, than Ethereum did. So, Everything looks good for now. Of course, there could be another catalyst that takes us back down. So be careful in whatever it is that you trade and just be, make sure you take your profits. So whatever it is, make sure you take your profits because nobody knows what's going to happen. The halving, which is forthcoming, is expected to cause a significant price run. And I don't want to spend too much time on it, but suffice to say that people suspect that the halving it has no choice but to possibly double where we're at. So you figure about 70,000 minimum mark going into 2024, possibly six figures in 2025 and beyond. Po- 
possibly hitting the millions of dollars by the time most of us are passed from this earth. <laughs> well, we have to look at, let's see if that does happen, but we have to also consider inflation may nullify the value of that money. Who knows? But just know that scarcity is going to become a thing with Bitcoin. So if you are in Bitcoin, understand that there's still a positive long-term sentiment around it. However, we also have all these negative catalysts that seem to disrupt your ability to make money. For example, HTX getting hacked again. HTX, of course, is what was formerly known as the Huobi Exchange from Justin Sun. Hacked yet again for $30 million. Oh, man. So this is so this is now the fourth hack. Okay. Fourth hack in two months where hack has been applied. And Justin Sun keeps coming out and saying, we're going to compensate everybody that got hacked. And he keeps reaching out to the hackers saying, we'll give you $10 million to give us back all our money. And so these hackers know what they're doing. They know that they're not competent enough to fix all these breaches. And so because they're not competent enough to fix the breach, they're just paying the, the people who are doing it. They know it, man, this is money. So they just keep on doing it, knowing they're going to keep on getting paid. At some point, the United States has to get involved. They have to get involved to say, look, this has to stop. Because there are certainly, I guarantee you, there's U.S. citizens. Like, how is this any different from what's happening with Binance? Really, I, I guarantee you there's American people trading on that business. Okay, And so even if you're not directly impacted, you're probably indirectly impacted by way of the drop in price across the board. Because we did see prices drop across the board when this happened. So I'd be shocked if U.S. doesn't get involved. I, I don't know. It's a weird situation. I think it's weird. I hope they get involved. Not to try to, you know, crack down on the exchange, but to say, okay, it's time for you to put some more rigor in your controls. And if you get hacked again, we're going to shut you down. You know, something. Something to kind of corral this business. Speaking of corral, Singapore implements some new rules around crypto trading. What they're trying to do is stop retail speculation. So, Retail speculation is the buy the rumor, sell the news, constant volatility that you see all across the board. Plans to prohibit investors from borrowing, right, to trade. So this goes into margins. And stopping digital payment providers from providing incentives for the trading. So what does that mean? If some of these exchanges, what they'll say is, you know, if you want to do a trade on perpetuals or futures, we'll give you a 100 USDT. Like KuCoin does that all the time. Singapore wants to lock that down because what they're trying to do is really emphasize the value of spot trades over the speculative trades. That's what they're really trying to do. I actually, it's funny. I talked about this in the past episode where I felt, you know, that the increase in the speculative trading is part of the reason, part of the problem with cryptocurrency. And I felt that spot trading was, the, was where we needed to be from a safety perspective. There are people who disagree with me and that's cool. They feel like that we should be allowed to gamble that way. And I do support their right to gamble as long as it doesn't disrupt my price, right? As a, if I'm spot, I don't want my price disrupted because you're gambling. Well, I think Singapore's approach is too abrupt. I think what needs to happen is a buffer. The buffer is what's lacking. So a buffer would be something where if you're doing the margin trades, you're doing it in a way that insulates the price movement on the spot side. And I don't know how this would work, but some way that, that gambling side cannot price disrupt the spot side. Again, I have no idea how this would conceptually work. I think Singapore's trying to do the best they can to do this. And 
They're trying to keep people away from so-called unregulated entities and these securities. I don't know what they're, I don't know how they're going to corral that because it's, you know, in a lot of cases it's decent where it's happening. But I do think that there should be a better way of doing that than what they're trying to do. In my personal opinion, I, I feel like it's too abrupt. New York also was trying to follow suit by saying, we're going to add some guidance around how cryptocurrencies are listed and delisted from the exchanges. So in other words, what they're trying to do here is you have to have a lot more rigor around these cryptos that you're going to list. And you have to have a lot more transparency around when and why you delist certain cryptocurrencies. Part of this came because there was a kind of a self-certification process that didn't go to the government, the local government in New York. And New York's been pretty aggressive, just like Nevada around cryptocurrency. So now they're saying it's got to go through us whenever you're going to do this stuff, just like you would do on the stock and trading side. How far does that go? I don't know. I do know that the New York is kind of rigid, rigid about it. They were really rigid about SHIB for the longest time. So I don't know if that's going to go anywhere in the long term, but it may cause, hopefully it causes people to leave. But I know people love New York for whatever reason. Speaking of breaches then, Kyber Swap from the Kyber Network dips down. They get drained of $46 million worth of Ethereum and Arbitrum assets. Hacked. Another hack. Hacks all over the damn place, right? Quote, KyberSwap was exploited for about 46.5 million assets, including 10,000 wrapped ETH, 4,000, I don't know what that is, ETH, and then 4 million Arbitrum. They deposited USDC to AVE, A-A-V-E, and provided liquidity, and they're willing to negotiate with the team. So, this is basically an extortion deal. So, what they did is they hacked it, then they put some money in and added liquidity on it, and they're willing to negotiate for the return of at least some of the funds. So that means one of two things. Either it's they're, they're just trying to exploit them like it's a Justin Sun business, hold them hostage, or it's a white hat hacker. I suspect it's probably going to be the, the, the former. It's going to be where they're trying to negotiate to get some money because they don't want to do it stolen. They want to do it legit, make a deal. If I were KyberSwap, I would not give in to that demand. I would identify how they got how the breach happened and I would fix the breach and I would not negotiate. I understand why they choose to negotiate. It's because they're trying to minimize the loss. But as Justin Sun doesn't seem to understand, the more you negotiate, the more they're just going to come after you. And KyberSwap's probably going to learn that hard lesson, in my personal opinion. Earlier, there's a little bit of price movement due to a silly thing that was a nothing burger, as somebody used to say. CZ Binance's Twitter account, known as X now, account, Got restricted temporarily. It said temporarily on the banner. It still lets you see the tweets. And this caused a little bit of negative sentiment and speculation that Elon Musk might be banning or muting CZ Binance after his step down or possibly as a result of what happened with the SEC. The truth is, what really happens is he went in and changed his name to CZ. So he changed it and got rid of the Binance and changed it to CZ BNB. If you don't know, if you are a verified account, so if you've done you know, you paid the eight bucks or whatever, and you're a verified account. If you change your name, they hold your account. They, they actually pinned your account and they restrict it temporarily while it goes through the verification process again. Because if, let's say somebody got access to your account and they changed the name to try to hide the tracks, they're doing it to protect the person. But because it's CZ, because he's high profile, it caused people to think that there was something else to it. CZ then came out and said, you should fix your algorithms 
and it should not be doing this. But it's always done that. It's done that before Elon came in. It's not about Elon. And it does that because, again, it's trying to protect the people who are looking at those accounts if that account happened to be breached. If it happened to be taken over, you wouldn't know. So I, I don't have a problem with the fact that it does depend. It warns you on the straight. It says it's temporarily restricted. Should it say, hey, this person just changed their name? I say no, because if they if they did that again, if they're trying to trick people, it's it's helping the trap. I think this is good. I think what CZ's response came out, I don't think that's the right answer. He's trying to trigger FUD. That's true FUD, because again, that preceded Elon. It's always been the case. It's not, there's no problem. There's nothing wrong with it. That's what it's supposed to do. It's doing the job. And it's okay that it does it because it only does it for verified accounts. I've changed names all over the place. My accounts are not verified, at least not the secondary accounts at this point because I can't justify $1,000 a month. So when it's a non-verified, it doesn't do that. But because he's verified, he's high profile, it's got, it's got to go through due diligence. And I was cool with the fact that it happened. And I think that unfortunately CZ, he added to FUD by criticizing Elon's Bots. It's not Elon. It preceded him and it's doing its job and it did it right. Avalanche, which is the layer two uh, avalanche recently had some stuff happening on its own that caused a bit of price movement upward. Apparently avalanche has now developed its own token standard so that they'll be able to, you know, provide their own tokens outside of the Ethereum, you know, the ERC twenties and Bitcoin's BRC twenties talked about ASC twenties. So then now, the launch of these tokens, this this avalanche now is, is an Ethereum-compatible Layer 1 network as part of this whole transaction is allowed to now issue their own tokens, which caused some positive movement on the arbitral, or excuse me, avalanche, arbitral, avalanche side. And avalanche has not historically, it it's one of those solid ones. I, I like it actually very good. It's one of those solid ones. I think the, probably the problem with this guy is historically it hasn't really done much. It hasn't done much to push forward. And that was by design. They purposely did not want to do too much transactional activity until they were ready. Once they got this launched, and again, it's the buyer of the room sell the news business. But when they launched it, this uh, one of the first ones on this, some of the price movement was sustained for a little while. I think it's going to settle back down. But Avalanche is one of those I believe is going to run in 2024. It's a really good network. It's very fast and cheap and the whole nine. And I think there's good things on the horizon for the Avalanche chain. I talked about Binance and I would warn you, although those predictions still remain in terms of the price movement, recently, unfortunately, Jim Cramer, who historically has been known as every time he says something, the opposite needs to happen. Jim Cramer recently said, quote, if you like Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin. That has always been my view. And for a while I liked it. And then I decided that money had been made. I acted premature, but money has been made. So what he's saying, he's not saying it's going to go up. Da, 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 da. He's not saying that at all. But because he's talking about buying it, people believe that that means Bitcoin's going to crap out. And I've seen a lot of YouTube folks say that, yes, Bitcoin's going to go on a run because it was holding it about 37,000. They figured it was going to go on a run. But when Jim came out and said this, they figured it's going to crap because, again, it's inverse Kramer. That's actually a, a real thing. I don't think that he's, I don't think he's advocating for it. I think what he's saying is if you like it, go ahead and do it. He's not saying Bitcoin's going up. It's different. He's just sharing. If you like it, go ahead and do it. And he at one point was that, cause I remember he was on a show and he talked about, you know, I was, I paid off, I used fake money to pay off real debts or something like that. 
So he's he's always been kind of skeptical about Bitcoin particularly. So I don't think this, I think this is different. This is not him advocating for it to go up. He's just saying, if it's what you like, go after it and do it. Which is different from what he normally does, but he wasn't on his usual show. So in this one, I think what we should take away from this, him saying that, what we should take away is it's a different world in the perception of Bitcoin and where it's going. It, he's reconciled. Bitcoin's not going anywhere, right? That should be a bullish signal to you because if, if he's reconciled, it's not going anywhere because this is a guy that criticizes it as fake money, right? So if he's reconciled that, it means it's not going anywhere. You had Gary Gensler come out and wish it a happy birthday or whatever the hell he did. They're all accepting it's not going anywhere. Now you have to be careful because the strategy has changed because they accept it's not going anywhere. Now they're trying to do something about it. Now they're trying to control it. So you, as an investor, have to make a decision what you're going to do about that. Whatever that is, make sure you think it through. And most critically, don't throw money you are not comfortable losing because you could very well lose it. I do think that 2024 is going to be a different era in terms of how we perceive cryptocurrency and how it's used and transacted and, and what may be displaced. I don't believe it's going to displace fiat. I do not, have not, will not believe that. I do think it's going to work in parallel. I don't think it's going to take the shape that it was intended to. As I talked about with Mr. Sagala, it was intended to be its own form of currency off the side that didn't necessarily have a fiat equivalency. We're past that. We're, we're not going there. It's going to have some sort of value simply because it does. What that value is will not take the shape of what it used to. We have to look at what all coins are going to do in response. It's possible people turn away from Bitcoin when things happen and price moves because of the perception it's too expensive. What happens to altcoins then? What happens to Ethereum then? What happens to all these layer twos and layer ones? Nobody knows, but you have to be mindful in whatever your strategy is going to be. It Don't bounce. You know, Don't YOLO and don't bounce and don't chase green candles because that's going to be a temptation. I guarantee you when this runs, you're going to be tempted to do that. You got to be mindful about where you put the money. Have a strategy, whatever that is, and realize that all of this is long-term. All of this is long play. But also remember, there was a time Bitcoin went as low as 12000 very recently. and We've not come anywhere close to getting back to there. You know why? Because, first of all, the 12000 was a strategic attempt to hold it back. Just like the run-up to 68000 was a strategic intent to put it up and trigger exit liquidity for certain people. So I just decided to get smarter about it. I didn't want to be bounced, and I chose not to be bounced because it, there's no reason to in what my strategy is, which is, at, you know, I trade it because I'm intrigued by it, not because I'm trying to be made a millionaire. That's how I feel. In closing, if you're interested, if you're in the SHIB ecosystem, I do encourage you to check out the video I did for SHIB. Again, CryptoTalkRadio.net, hit Leicester Live at the top, and it's the very most recent video. You also can search our Leica video from the same area. There's a search bar at the top and just search Leica, L-A-I-K-A, because that video is complementary to the SHIB video. I did the Leica video a long time ago. The SHIB video, though, I do recommend checking it out. There's some very interesting points made from the SHIB burn account around SHIB. It ties to the whole Leica deal that, was, that I covered way back yonder. 
And it'll make you rethink the ecosystem. And I'm not saying it to discourage you from it. I'm saying it because you need to know. You need to be aware there's some smoke. And until the smoke is cleared, that's an unsure ecosystem. Well, it's a large ecosystem. So that could have catastrophic downfall and be that one of those major disruptors, just like we saw very recently with, you know, FTX and HTX and, and Binance. So be careful, please make sure it's throwaway money. If you are going to get into anything, make sure it's throwaway money. Just be, be careful. Don't yellow into stuff. Don't FOMO off the candles. Don't react off the candles. Create a game plan. Whatever your game plan is going to be. If you're a gambler, that's different. But just make sure you gamble with money that's okay losing, if nothing else. 